You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. How's it going? Alan Seiler. Howdy. And Veronica Daschel. Hi. Hi. <laughs> no, I did it first still. Sorry. <laughs> We talked about not really doing news, but I did have a couple of things I wanted to mention real quick. They announced that Strange New Worlds will be debuting on Paramount Plus in the UK Good. with the first three episodes available, which is leaving the folks in the UK just two episodes behind everybody else. Okay. So sort of mixed reactions to that. Some folks are just happy to have it. Some folks are frustrated that now they're going to be running two weeks behind everybody for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It really is. Yeah, then kind of a double whammy for the folks in the UK. The the Destination Star Trek UK was abruptly canceled. Yeah, that's right. And they're having all kind of trouble figuring out if there's going to be any refunds. Um, The companies like like took down the terms and conditions part of the website. Wow. There was just a a news story the other day uh, that I guess Paramount is scaling back their presence in Europe as for these big events, and they want to do just smaller promotional events instead in Europe. So it's a little bit of a rough week for our friends in Europe um, who are big Star Trek fans. So those of you in the UK, we're, we, we, we feel it for you. And I, I, I hope that you're able to just watch Star Trek and have conventions like everyone should be. Yes. You know? And I just got to say Paramount marketing department <laughs> at it again. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> can't job, guys. And if anyone yeah, from you- Paramount happens to listen to this, I'll just say, if I lived in the UK, I wouldn't be any weeks behind. I would be all caught up. Yep. Yeah. Exactly and right. You would have none of my money. <laughs> exactly right. 100%. <laughs> All right. Are we saying Express VPN or something? Hey, like I, there's ways, man. <laughs> Trekkies are smart with computers. Yep. It's it's funny. If you go back to the history of television, Europe, for some reason, and uh, has always been behind in certain things. For example, the famous episode patterns, of course, that were mm-hmm. that. For some inexplicable reason, Kirk's old professor decided Nazism could be turned into a force for good. Right. You know, that wasn't shown for decades in Europe simply because it dealt with Nazism. Yeah. And there's a couple of three episodes here and there where Europe always got it after us. So yeah. I think sometimes they feel like, man, we just can't catch a break. Yeah. We yeah. Got, they always got Dr. Who first for a long time. Oh, that's true. <laughs> exactly right. So, you know, we got to have something for ourselves. <laughs> Take that, Europe. <laughs> Take that BBC. <laughs> All right, Keith, did you have some this week in Trek this week? Yeah, I got to run through this real quick. I got a couple of birthdays that I thought were pretty significant. And the first I just had to mention the 30th of May, so important for new, well, not new Trek now, the, the next generation era. Um, 1948 was the birthday of one, birth date of one Michael Killer. Hey. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah, he's significant. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah, along with, I mean, what do we say? Jerry Taylor, Iris Stephen Bear, Ronald D. Moore, Michael mm-hmm. Pillar. Those are the people who really not only fleshed out Rottenberry's vision and helped Berman and Braga turn TNG into what, honestly, Rottenberry did not want, which was, <laughs> you know, let's be honest, let's be, in my opinion, a better show. But then, of course, they went on to do Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And Voyager, which you may or may not like. Um, some of them even had influence on Enterprise. Then, of course, they all went off to other shows like Threshold and Battlestar mm-hmm. Galactica. Yeah. So, 
Pillar was, I also heard that when Pillar came on the TNG, I didn't realize this. The first season of TNG, they said 30 staff members left that series in the first season, 30, which is an unheard of. And there wasn't even a head writer and, and Rottenberry was upsetting people because he was basically saying humans were perfect in the future. Evidently, at one point, right, um, Roddenberry was even trying to convince them they didn't need a starship to travel. Mm. Um, and when Pillar came in, they said everything settled down. So he's really more important than some people may think. Yeah, he was hugely influential in just the, the course of TV science fiction through 1990 yeah. onward. Because like you said, he brought in and mentored all those guys that went on to do working on DS9 and Voyager and Enterprise and the shows beyond that. I mean, you can trace the lineage from various sci-fi shows all the way back to that next gen writer's room under Michael Pillar. So, yeah, he was he was huge. Right. Great guy. And is missed, I still think. Mm-hmm. And then just five years after Michael Pillar, one Colmini was born. Hey. Well. Nice. Miles, and I can never remember, is it Edwin or Edward? I think it's Ed, Miles Edward O'Brien. Yeah. 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 The most important man in the universe. Right on. Well, this is true. He, he literally, I think there's no one who can be said to be more of an everyman in all the Trek than mm-hmm. Miles O'Brien. He is yes. just, he's a great character. Yeah. Um, Cole Meany's a great actor. I've seen him in all kinds of other stuff, too. Like, he did this little movie I saw years ago called The Englishman Who Went Up a Hill and Came Down a Mountain with Hugh Grant. He's done, okay. I think, what's it? Hell on Wheels recently. He's a great actor. He's a, yeah. he's, he's a really good actor. Yeah. And a very, very diverse filmography, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a big surprise. He moved from TNG to Deep Space Nine. But boy, did he integrate himself to that staff very well. Yeah. yeah that worked. Uh, yeah. All right. One more. Um, I wanted to mention this and just because she's super relevant right now. The 31st of May, 1961, Leah Thompson was born. Hey. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Was awesome. Cool. Yeah. And I love reading stuff like this about her. She loves Star Trek. And she's oh, not, yeah. yeah, she's not just happy to direct Star Trek. She loves Star Trek. So she's a fan who gets to direct Star Trek. And it's so cool to hear about people who just love it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool thing with her. And uh, two more. The second, first of June, 1940, Renee Bergenois. Okay. Aww. I had to mention him. Yeah, that's a real yeah. sad one. Yeah. Uh, I first came across him on Benson. <laughs> yeah. Or he. He played a prickly, kind of irritating guy, and then he comes on Deep Space Nine where he's a prickly, kind of irritating guy, <laughs> but a completely different kind of guy. Such a good actor. People said he was kind of prickly in real life. He That was kind of his character. Not a bad person, but you kind of had to get on his good side. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was thinking the other day, because since all uh, the, the TNG main cast are all coming back, and the, the TNG main cast are all still alive, and the Voyager main cast are all still alive, but Deep Space Nine has lost two people already, right. and they're all the, they're all from the same era. So it's yeah, it's strange. Mm-hmm. It really is. That's a sad one. And the last one I got. And this one I will do a real quote. Um, what? No bite on the cheek to say hello. Oh, that was Worf's, uh the mother of Alexander. That's it, <laughs> Kayla. That's right. Yeah, Kalar, Susie Plaxton, her, who was born on June uh, 3rd, 1958. Of course, she was famous as the Vulcan, Dr. Salar, mm-hmm. and Kalar, Worf's uh, lover and Alexandra's mother, and the female Q in Voyager, and what was her name? Tora, Tara, um, the Andorian in Enterprise. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's played four different aliens, and she's good. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. She's getting up there with Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's a good actress. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that is, that's this week in track history. All right. Well, let's take a quick break to put a fellow ESO Network podcast show. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So stay right there. Hi, I'm Joe Heath. And I'm Tony Heath. And we're the hosts of the Watchathon of Rassilon. A podcast where we're watching through all of Doctor Who. And we're just about finished with the classic series. Depending on when you hear this, we may already be done. So why not go check for yourself? And while you're there, why not go ahead and listen to every single episode of the Watchathon of Rassilon? And watch as Joe loses his last little tenuous grip on sanity. The Watchathon of Rassilon, a proud member of the ESO Network. Spoilers for Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Spock Amok. Uh, what do we think? Caught me I, off guard. Yeah. It was it was uh very amusing. Definitely a change yeah. of pace from last week. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. Be honest, I, I I I saw a trailer last week mm-hmm. and I I try not to, but I immediately started into a rant, a personal <laughs> rant about continuity. I'm like, God dog it, couldn't tell you that I was just going all, all off. And then I watched it go, oh, that was not real. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was a great way to bring in all that amok time stuff. Yeah. That stuff all exists. And, you know, he's got some nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Did we not not all laugh when they played the right music for the battle? Yes. (laughs) That was pretty cool. Yeah. I I love the nods to to the score that she put in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the set design and prop design was spectacular. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of time and money and effort into a scene that only lasted, you know, a couple of minutes. Yeah. 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 And and it, the, it was phenomenal. Yeah. And yeah. the Vulcan costumes yeah. were phenomenal. That's what I was oh, my say. gosh. Yeah. The costumes yeah. was amazing. Topring's dress is fantastic. Yeah. That was yeah. it. Right. That was dressed was very, very strange. It looked like she didn't have any feet and she was just like floating there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's her dress in a dream. So yeah. I mean, it kind of works. <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they've done that with some other characters. I thought that was kind of cool, too. It's been a while on Star Trek since we had an episode where the characters just hang out. Yeah. For an episode. Yeah, true. And it was nice to see all that. Yeah. You know, to see, you know, like friend relationships just happening. Yeah. You know, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. We were commenting on that uh, a month or so ago. Veronica and I were watching DS9, and it was an episode where. O'Brien and Bashir are in the runabout and they're headed yeah, to a yeah. planet and the mission hasn't started yet. And they're just talking about Keiko being mad at O'Brien. And then, <laughs> well, you know, they're, it's not plot related. It's just them living their lives. Yeah. Exactly. But I think that's one thing that new Star Trek hasn't done as much of is just letting the characters just exist for a minute as people. Yeah. And that yeah. helps you sort of get to know them and, and feel more invested in them, I think. Yeah. 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 Agreed. And I was really, I really enjoyed the, the, the amount of time that they invested this week in Ortegas and, um, and Chapel's relationship. And Chapel, yeah. yeah, I love that. I thought it was so great. Yeah. And they just they just had such a natural chemistry with each other. Mm. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking they're really they're really gonna the the Chapel here is so different from the Chapel in the original series. She's got much more of a sense of humor. She's much more sarcastic. That's uh, true. Yeah, she's she's so different. So yeah. Um, maybe Roger Corby's loss will change her personality in the future. Yeah. Maybe that, 
Because there's well, got. I, I feel like that's going to be a huge thing. Because right now she's like no exactly. connections, no commitments, yeah. and right. then she's going to have this big commitment and, so, right. and lose so, it, and then she's going to be just a completely different person. I yeah. Exactly. So Roger Corbin must be somebody that really like has yeah. a, a profound effect on her, and really helps to shape the the character that we know of from the original series. Mm. Right. Yeah. You, got, you, you mentioned balance of tone. I will say, and I've said so many times, what I don't like about the new track, and that includes everything from the Abrams verse to discovery to Picard is I still feel that a lot of the writers are too heavy handed. It's if mm. they sit in the room and, they, and, and of course, this is what they've done from the original series. They, they say, here's what's the point we want to make, but I <laughs> feel it. And I see it more obviously with all the new track shows where they like, let's really make a point like the whole arc with Picard's childhood. And it seems that what you were just saying, Charles and Alan, about um, this, these people feel more relaxed. One of the problems I've had with Discovery Picard is when they have serious stuff, it's too serious. And when they try to be fun, they almost go too much the other way. Like, I love Tilly, but sometimes she would get a little much with just, you know, trying to show Tilly's normal, not like the rest of us. But this show has a little bit more of a balance, I think. Um, yeah. They seem like they're striking a better balance this time than with the others. Yeah, a good example of that, I think, is that episode where... Um... Picard and the gang went to the gangster planet or whatever. And Picard yeah. was doing the French accent and had an right. eye patch on. And it just yes. felt like so left field. And right. now this just felt more natural to me. You know, they're, they yeah. just went to a battle. Now they're in dock getting repairs. Everyone's going on shore leave. So people let their hair down a little bit and, and relax. Yeah. yeah. It was nice to see the ship on pause, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, to, to give the crew that downtime. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was nice to, to have that sort of like, you know, Let's let's have a break in the routine. It was good. Something else that caught me off guard back to them sometimes being too heavy handed. The new aliens and the whole first contact or not the first contact, the diplomatic negotiations, mm-hmm. those aliens. It actually felt kind of natural, even though it was kind of mm-hmm. it was kind of it felt natural what they were doing. Like, what is going on with these guys? Because they go in the next day and, and um, um, the, the Admiral, what's his name? Not Arch- April. 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 Uh, April. Like they don't want to talk to you anymore. What? What I do? I don't know. But they don't want to talk to you anymore. Now they want to talk. <laughs> talk. What? What happened? I thought that was pretty. And I loved when the aliens were first talking. I love when they were basically saying, "How can you have a federation of so many different voices and cultures and basically get anything done?" Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that was a great. Here we go again with a difference in cultures because they're like, "No, that's chaos. That's not mm. fair. That's chaos. You should have <laughs> yeah. one point." And I love that. Yeah, and. I mean, they they felt like Star Trek aliens. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, these guys could have been on a Voyager episode, you know, or uh-huh. or next gen. Right. They have a little gimmick to them, uh, the way their society works mm-hmm. and the captain's yeah. got to figure it out. But they weren't the A plot. They weren't, you know, the, the fate of the galaxy didn't really hinge on it, you know. <laughs> right. But it, it was just it was just kind of nice. Uh, what do yeah. we think about the, the body swap situation? Uh um okay i groaned i know i groaned when they did it because like i mean my god they just introduced an incredible concept casually like five seconds later they 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 switch bodies i didn't know vulcans could do that but i just i had to yeah i went with the humor uh that seemed a little left field ability the thing that i really enjoyed about it is that i mean body swap is what an overused tool in either comedy or drama it happens all the time but i loved the the angle that they used of swapping two personalities that basically exhibit no personality traits at all (laughs) so you have this this body swap but just to watch them there's like no evidence that anything has happened at all other than them telling you that it's happened and i thought that was really really great yeah you mean alan like when they said to him can't you tell 
Yes. <laughs> exactly. I love that. I could that. tell. Yeah. You could? It's yeah. very subtle. But. It is very subtle. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like if Neelix and Tuvok swap bodies or exactly. something like that. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, or, or, yeah, or Seven of Nine and the doctor you know where it's it's all played up for exaggeration and this was played for like the most extreme subtlety and i thought it was really cool yeah i think that gia sandu who plays to i think she's great i think she does a great job yes yeah if she if her name wasn't to i would wish she would just come on the ship with them i know know, she's great (laughs) right but it's funny though because in a previous episode we were talking about vulcan courtships and we Mm -hmm. actually get to see that now yeah yeah we get to see what it's like to be stood up for a dinner date or whatever, you know, and how they deal with it. I, I think it's really a, an interesting and unique perspective on mm-hmm. relationships in the Trekverse. Yeah. It's very cool. I got to so, say, though, I don't care much for Vulcans kissing on the mouth. I was going to say the same thing. It just seems weird to me. Do they kiss it seems, that much? It seems very human. Should yeah, he, it does. Did he kiss her on the kneecap? I mean, what? Uh, well, I like the hand. I, like, thing. I like yeah. the fingers. I want the fingers yeah. at some point. Yeah, I mean, come it's on. This. And I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm doing something intimate on camera. But yeah, it's the, it's this. It's the finger thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what OnlyFans is for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. The, I, I wrote down. I wrote down. The Vulcans kiss that much. Of course, I don't know what they're doing with the doors are shut. But uh, <laughs> yes, uh, you do. <laughs> That's also what OnlyFans is for. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, this and they podcast has taken a turn. Let me. Yeah. <laughs> and also, although there should really be nobody left who had that question, they absolutely answered the question about Vulcans having to have sex every seven years and Vulcan having sex whenever they want to have sex. And then that question is definitely answered, which is, yeah, they can do it anytime they want. Um, they just have to do it every seven years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So in the whole, I thought the the episode was a lot of fun. I didn't think it was like I didn't think it was super funny. Like they they sort of were pitching it as like the the comedic episode. And Will oh, Wheaton no. on the ready room said he thought it was the funniest Star Trek episode ever made. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no way! I, I don't agree with Seriously? that. Seriously, I've got some recommendations for him to watch. <laughs> like from I mean, all of you. lower decks, right? <laughs> At least Trimble, that tribbles, yeah. trials and tribulations. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Dude. So I didn't. I, mean, I just thought it was sweet. It's nice. It's fun. It was yeah. cute. You know, it was music. I wasn't laughing out loud every five no. minutes or anything like that. Oh, but, no. You know. it, yeah. I mean, th- the funny thing is the overuse of the word hijinks, and there really were none as far as like what you like, what the audience sees. Yeah. You know, hijinks yeah. is, is, I can name a number of other episodes where hijinks <laughs> would be, but not this one. No. Yeah. I did enjoy I it, but it was not the comedic episode. It was that they Vulcan thought. hijinks. Yeah. yeah. I know. That's very mm-hmm. true. <laughs> yeah. To get. To get picky, my three notes were: I don't, I'm not sure about the Vulcans kissing so much. I'm not buying the body swamp because that seems that's something super serious, and I can't believe he'd do that so casually. And do Vulcans actually say words like hijinks? It just didn't seem the, the word hijinks seemed funny in their mouths. Yeah, but, I, yeah. I don't think work. they usually do body swaps. I feel like it's usually no, like that a was, mind connection. Yeah, right? exactly. It, it was, was an a accident. total accident. Yeah. Wow. So what did they do? I mean, oh, I don't like, think they knew that they could body swap. They, yeah, either. they were trying to like soul share and like feel each other's feelings and stuff, and then their cotras swap places. Right. Which Vulcans can transfer their cotras. So I mean that's true. We, yeah, we certainly have seen that happen. I thought they were dead. Well, usually well, it, I mean they gotta be alive when they do it. Yeah, it seemed like an ill-conceived move. I, I did chuckle an unintentional joke is when Spock is Spock, right? But Spark leaves and says to, to Pring, you stay here and figure out how to undo, how to undo the transfer. 
I'm thinking, well, you might need to be here. Uh, I mean, <laughs> just research on your own. Um, and it was funny, although I kind of couldn't follow the logic of when the doctor got into it. He was like a mad scientist because his chapel's like, well, he's been wanting to try this forever. He was really getting into reversing the process. Yeah. Um, he also reminded me of Dr. Flox, who get really excited sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Flox <laughs> uses a weird alternative medicine, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. The, the yeah. non-technology kind of yeah. approach. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think my favorite part of this episode was number one and Laon. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, them. that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And I like their dynamic. I thought it was funny when pretty much all the junior officers called them deadbeats because they're not they're not <laughs> fun. Right. They asked Kyle, have you ever heard that? He goes, no, 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 I've never heard that but said about you. Oh, that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> the, funny um, thing, the funny thing to me was uh, when the two the two young kids that got in trouble they were like, well, we're going to we're going to assign you to Kyle and he's going to. You know, they're like, no, please not. He's so mean. <laughs> I know. Kyle? <laughs> he seemed like the sweetest guy. I love that. Yeah. Yes. It was funny when Lahan yells bad cop. And number one goes, damn. And she said you had to be quicker because they were going to play that. You know, yeah. As good, good cop, bad cop must be one of the oldest traditions in history. And I guess it'll go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited to see a Bolian. Yeah. I mean, yeah, me too. a yeah. weird time frame to have a Bolian. Mm hmm. I'm more of a canon person too. Um, really? The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> the chewing gum thing. So, what did she do? Did she beam her and de- reconstitute just the chewing gum for the pattern, Apparently or Leon? So, yes. But not Leon. 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 Uh, Leon herself, yeah. because she still remembered. So, right. was that the joke? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They were just refreshing the chewing gum in her mouth to see if they get the flavor back. I don't know if I'd be playing around with that, but I guess uh-uh. I exactly. <laughs> well, they were changing clothes in the transporter not long ago. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Yeah, I guess I guess you got to trust the technology. I'd be afraid that they'd be missing an eyeball or something like that. So. <laughs> I mean, it is really specific. Yeah, technology. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, quick, quickly back on the alien negotiation. Um, again, I'm not saying anything wrong with this, but it's interesting that they so casually tossed out the word the Romulans. So, mm-hmm. of course, they know the Romulans exist, but I assumed the way it was, you'd almost get the impression with the original series and with Next Generation is that nobody had ever even contacted the Romulans since the last war or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like with the, on Next Generation, they said there had been no contact with the Romulans for decades. And the understanding kind of with the original series that nobody encountered the Romulans either. Of course, that doesn't mean they can't talk about them. Yeah, but right. I thought this was very interesting that they know of the Romans, but there's no contact. And uh, very interesting that this race might have signed a treaty with the Romans. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not a that's a serious deal. Well, we'll see too. I mean, I, I, I would have said that we hadn't contacted the Gorn before, and we just had a Gorn episode last week, a Gorn right. space battle. So, I mean, they're not they can do what they want. You know, if they if they uh, if they think they have a good way around it, or they just want to ignore the fact yeah. that we hadn't seen the Romulans, they will. You know, uh, yeah, there you go. You know? That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, um, what did y'all think about the wraparound green uniform? I was excited to see. Oh that. yeah. I do not like the sleeves. No? no, they're so shiny. They are. Yeah, they look like leather. Yeah, and the shoulder pads too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, did not care for that. I like the actual wraparound concept mm-hmm. in it. They bringing it into bringing it into new, to New Trek, but yeah. I, I did not care for the sleeves. I feel like they literally just did that to piss off the cosplayers. <laughs> Just making it harder. <laughs> That's exactly what they were doing. No, they already they already have the crazy Vulcan dress. So I think they've already got their one up over the cosplayers. <laughs> oh no, that will, that will be a dragon. I'm sure it will be. Somebody else oh yeah. Will print it. 
I'm sure someone is currently working on it and they will ha- have it finished before Dragon Con. <laughs> I do want to see some good Strange New Worlds cosplay at Dragon Con oh, yes. this year. Yep. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I still like Kirk's original green wraparound. I think I like the Picard, the Picard, the cardigan better. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I thought it was pretty cool. And I do like the fact that they tried to change it up like that. Yeah. All right. Well, any closing thoughts about that episode before we move on? It was not bingo. That's true. <laughs> Their enterprise bingo is not bingo. No, no it isn't. It isn't. Is. No, that's not at all what bingo is. No. Exactly. Like well, when they you know, first definite... said enterprise, when they first said enterprise bingo, I was picturing like a bingo sheet and you have to do these certain right. things and you each ensign gets a slightly different version. So not everyone will even have the same thing. But, you know, definition of words changes over time. So yes. bingo means something different. Maybe in the, the future. True me, true bingo has been lost to time. They did not understand exactly. what bingo was in the ready room either. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, I didn't watch that yet. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Was, a, it was a casualty of World War III. Yeah. The bingo didn't make it. Apparently. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I thought it was a fun show. I struggled with the mind, the body swap. And, and there was a comedic show. They also introduced something else in addition to Vulcan Romance. I think is interesting to explore in the future. And that is the concept of Vulcan criminals. And that's a that's a very yeah. concept but going yeah. forward. I'd like to see more about that. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like too that they gave us an um what what to bring does for a living. Yeah, yeah. I'd yes. like to see yeah. more of her doing that. Yeah, me yeah. too. No hemorrhage like, this week. Oh, this. sorry. I was gonna say that like act, actually her doing her job, not Spock her doing her <laughs> right. job. Spock her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any closing thoughts like, about that episode? I feel like there was just there. We, there, none of us have really come up with as much stuff to say about this one as we mm-hmm. have the previous four. No. Yeah, I, I do think it might be. Even though I did enjoy it, I think it's my least favorite of the four of, of the so. five. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Not that it's bad. No, it's not no, bad at all. I still I enjoyed this much, much more than any episode of Picard season two. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. I enjoy this one on the exact same level as I've enjoyed the previous four. My uh, my okay. level of enjoyment is the same everywhere. And, and as I even as I grown at things like the body swap, um, there was enough other concepts like exploring Vulcan romance and exploring Vulcan criminality. And I gotta say, and this is just kind of corny, I did love it when that ship that sail that light ship flew away oh, yeah. with the Federation flag. That was cool. I, yes. I got it. <laughs> I guess they had a flag of each of the three empires so that whichever one they decided they could just throw it up on the flagpole oh you know what alan i never even thought about that wouldn't it be funny if like this robin flag had come up and they're like oh shit but did they have light ships (laughs) what's that did romulans have light ships no but remember they fly the flag of the of the of the whoever they're signing the treaty okay for some reason i thought they like they brought a light ship to represent earth no, and they, they would then fly the flag if they agreed. Mm-mm. And they okay. said that was a that was a ceremonial ship. They pulled out the light ship for ceremony because you can't go fast with a light ship. No, they've been heading there for four hundred years. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Unless they've got that same trick the Bajorans had. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. They right. may have. You never yeah. know. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break to promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about the Orville New Horizons. So stay right there. At the 42Cast, we want to bring you everything. And that's why we've jam-packed the next few months with as much as we can. You not only get the same reviews, topics, and interviews that you did before, 
You also get screen reads, where we compare a movie to its source material, or role models, where we talk about tabletop gaming. It's never been a more exciting time to check out our show. It's your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything, so why not check it out? We can be found on most podcasting platforms, and we are a proud member of the ESO Network. All right, so we're still in spoiler territory, but this time for the first episode of the Orville New Horizons, entitled Electric Sheep. Uh, and we thought that, you know, the Orville is not a Star Trek show, but it's sort of like Star Trek adjacent. You know, it's very yes, related to Star Trek. So we thought it'd be fun to, to talk about it this week. I know I've been waiting for three years for the new episode of the Orville to come on. Right. So really oh excited about it. I want to know Was how it? the younger brother stayed the same age. Well, they I know they they started filming and then they had to stop and then resume a couple of times. Oh, okay. so they yeah, may have filmed yeah, yeah. this episode you know, two and a half years ago. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Okay, so they've made the big jump to Hulu. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Hulu has put some money into this show. Yes, Boy. because holy cow! Yeah, yes. yeah. Wow, this was a whole new scale. Yeah, yeah they've been saying the episodes are going to be bigger, more like each one's a movie. And yeah. I think they they came through with that. I mean, oh, that yeah. opening Gosh. sequence was great. Mm-hmm. Holy was. smokes! But you know, they released that mm-hmm. months ago, you know, yeah. as like a little teaser for what's to come. Right. And I remember the first time I saw it and I was like, this is okay. So last week we talked about space battles, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I almost mentioned this one <laughs> and in our discussion, I was almost going to say, you know, that, that little teaser scene that they released from the new episode of Orville months ago, but you know the way that they the way that the camera moved around ships the way that it moved like follow so characters are running down the corridor inside the ship mm-hmm. the the camera is tracking them along the windows outside the ship mm-hmm. holy smokes that was amazing yeah and then to see a piece of bulkhead just explode and two crew members as they're running down the corridor just get sucked into space <laughs> holy smokes yeah God, it was good. Yeah, and the the, the soundtrack is great. The little the, yeah. the, the, the music going on while he's running through it's it was great. And then it was it it wasn't just battle for battle sake. Now it was bigger than it needed to have been probably for just yeah. TV's sake. But I mean the the fact that he's having nightmares is really integral yeah. to the plot. Exactly. You know, one of my big criticisms last well, I say last year, three years ago, right. one of my big criticisms of the Orville was that it was falling a little bit too much in that old Star Trek style where, you know, um, like Isaac can betray the crew. And then at the end of the two parter, he's just back on the crew. Right. That's yeah. something that was right. Star Trek would have done back in the old days where now it feels like Very you true. really need to have more consequences from that. But yeah. they did, you know, they, and they, they did. actually have done that. And I think it was it was such a. I mean, I know it wasn't planned this way, but it's such a, I don't know, kind of a brave move to have that continuation from one season to another season, but especially when those two seasons are three years apart. Right. Like, how do you, like, it's like, it's difficult to, to get your audience to reestablish that emotional connection Mm -hmm. over that span of time. Oh yeah. So I I was, I really thought it was well done. Oh yeah. I think that's a good point, Alan. I think because to your point, um, I have not watched one of the I have not watched the Orville somehow since it went off the air since season yeah. two. Yeah, me and too. And this introduction and this bringing in her kids and the fact that a whole bunch of the crew don't want Isaac back. Yeah, I was instantly reminded of what happened, and I also did write what you were saying too, Charles. I have 
I love Gene Roddenberry, but I never agreed with his view that by the 24th century, humans would be almost perfect. And I think we all know that if you even listen to the writers and stuff, rest his soul, when Roddenberry came back to TNG, pretty much everybody fought with him on the portrayal of humans because Roddenberry really thought things like kids spending too much time if, um, mourning if their parents died, monogamy, hatred. He just felt like humans were just like, had ascended almost to a different plane. And mm-hmm. I never agreed with that level of it. Right. And so I thought it was incredibly bold that her son is showing pure hatred for Isaac and not just her son, but Charlie. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even like O'Brien toward the Cardassians and TNG, which is handled kind of gently, although he had problems with them. This lady was pretty, uh, Charlie was pretty much not pretty much. She was the same thing as you don't deserve to be here. And I was stunned. You never hear this in Star Trek to hear somebody on a, um, a Federation ship, a Starfleet ship, say, I'm glad he's dead. Mm. That's not something you'd hear in Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it's honest. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've said many times in a show, and I know it may freak some people out. Sometimes when they, when they deal with, when they show people who are supposed to be good people who are racist or homophobic or sexist or whatever, I like it. Not because I like those characters, because I think we still have those problems and I think we need to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And I think ignoring them is horrible. Um, dealing with them honestly, even with people who should be better, is what I think is right because that's the way life is. And so I love the fact that she said that. And I love the fact they're going to have to work through it. I, I, was, I thought it was pretty powerful. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And it's, and it's not going to be a, a, an easy and clean reset from this episode to the next one. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is going to be a season long journey. I yeah, think for is. all of these people. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. I mean, that's oh, absolutely. You know, that that should have that that's kind of repercussions. Yeah. I apparently forgot what actually happened at the end because I felt like the Kalons were coming and going to kill them, and that's where they left off. And there was the, apparently this week? Are you no, from last, or last season? Last season. Last season. Oh, that's understandable. We watched that three years ago. The other, like, the other <laughs> right. watched yeah. I don't ago. I don't remember him <laughs> reactivating and saving everyone. Okay. I have no memory of that. Okay. Which is why I thought the opening thing with the kid running down the hall was like, oh, of course, now we're going to get to see the battle, the after what actually happened during yeah. the battle. <laughs> so right. I apparently blocked that part from my memory. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, episode. it's a good thing they reminded it, reminded you of it many times in this episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. How did you uh, like this one? It wasn't as much fun as a lot of the other Orville, Orville episodes. That's were. true. That's true. It was, yeah. it was very, very heavy. Mm-hmm. And. I, I I I don't know. It dealt with a lot of heavy stuff, and I I don't watch TV shows for the heavy stuff. I watch TV shows to escape the heavy stuff. Yeah. So it is kind of a bait and a switch because with the Orville, you're kind of expecting right. jokier. Yeah, you know, it's right. funnier. Right. This one really wasn't that funny. Mm-mm. It's well, interesting that this week in Trek we got a jokier one, and yeah. this week in Orville we got a yes. much more serious one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, like, like a true body swap. <laughs> <laughs> I also noticed that this was another um, oh submarine uh, episode. Yes. Just like uh, Strange New Worlds was the prior week. Yeah. Now, this, yeah. this one was for a few minutes. Yeah, for a few definitely minutes. not as long as, as Strange New Worlds was. Right. But I was like, hey, look, Strange New Worlds just did that, too. They're copying them. <laughs> well, right. You know, Veronica, um, knowing that Seth is a... Um, is an absolute Star Trek fan and that this is basically Star Trek. 
you know, his, his homage to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I read some interviews with him where he said um, that the balance was off for the first season and they thought it was a little better for the second. Oh, yes. He pretty much said that this season is going to be much more serious. So I think this is going to be more the tone we get this season. Yeah. But, you know, so I don't know if on the first season, if um, the network pitched this series as a, you know, what you would expect from a mm-hmm. Seth MacFarlane series. Yeah. Because that's what people expect from a Seth MacFarlane series. Or if he delivered to them. Because it definitely had in the first season, it definitely had that like eventual shift. Like it started out exactly what you expect from right. Seth. And then it kind of like meandered over into this other, like, like you don't even see it happening almost mm. that it just kind of like veers over into this other lane halfway through the season. And it was such an interesting setup, you know, it was an interesting journey to watch and the second season much more so. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I think, one of the biz exemplars of that is the engineer, JT, JT, right? JT? Jay Lee? The engineer, because, Jay Lee. Yeah, because the first season, he did an episode, I I still cringe about it. it. The overall theme was good, but it was that horrible scene where he beams down to a new planet and starts hunching that statue. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yes. I remember, I remember like, that. I mean, come on, that just wouldn't happen. No no spacefaring organization. I don't care if it's better. That, that, it was just it was a ridiculous scene to me. Yeah. That would never happen now because if you listen to him, I even wrote next to him, not that it's bad. It's like he's spouting techno babble. So you can hear the Star Trek writer influence. He he didn't even yeah. talk like that even in season two. Right. They were doing kind of the what's that that, that the frisma the frismages the frisma jam and the whatever it is. So I was like, <laughs> there's a little there's a little techno babble. He was much more serious than I've ever seen him. So I do think that's the tone of the show going forward. Yeah, I I gotta say I like this the tone of season two a bit better than what we got tonight. And I didn't hate this episode or anything like that, but. I, I like that season two, it was serious enough, but it was funny enough also. Agreed. You know, you Agreed. Had, like had a great really balance. balance. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so if this season is going to be as heavy as this episode is for 13 weeks, that's... I don't know if I can handle that. I, I'm sure it won't be, though. Yeah. I mean, I think this was a necessary step from what we saw at the end of last season. Right. To get us into a place where we can be, yeah. you know, back to that balance. So I, I don't think it's going to last that long or be that heavy. Well, do you think that they would have been better off uh, building up to this episode with some something some lighter episodes first or do you think know. i don't know how they could i don't yeah. know i agree i think they have to start off with this one because okay. uh, said if isaac is turned on you got to deal with that because yeah, and I, yeah. What's, interesting is, what's funny is even ed himself said i don't know if i did the right thing yeah 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 and then and then the pilot uh what's his name i'm blanking his name um gordon yeah gordon gordon's like i agree with you uh, yeah, I don't. I'm nervous with him too. I thought that was interesting. Yes. Uh, I thought that maybe they were using him as a way to like get into her head and find out if she was the one who did the graffiti or if she knows who did the graffiti or whatever. Like, she, like here they were using him as a plant almost. Mm. So, but if he really is sort of like you know anti Isaac, I think that's a really interesting angle. Mm. Right. Yeah. So may have an arc from Isaac this season for Ex- earning everybody's yeah. trust back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And him Absolutely. figuring out what trust is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was yeah. going to say that I don't think that either one of these senior officers needs to be telling this to this lady because she's already disgruntled Ag- and agreed. I mean, at any job, right. you, you don't want the those certain employees, you know, poisoning the well. You know, right. and, exactly. Oh, you know what? The captain himself told me that he didn't think he made the right decision. You know, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> like right. I, I wouldn't have said that to her. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no. Agreed. Yeah. And I, but I guess that kind of points back to um, they're not 
they're not Starfleet. You know, they're not they're not icon, icons of virtue in some ways the way Starfleet yeah. people are. Although he told her since she was a member of the union that if she gave her his word, he had to believe her. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, no, I don't I don't think so. So yeah, I thought it was good. I could definitely feel the Star Trek influences, and I could definitely feel the again interviews I've read with Seth MacFarlane where he said that he wanted the show to become more serious and he didn't want as much of the humor as he used to have. So it'll be interesting to see what they have going forward. But I like it. I love the I love the production values. I like it. I think it's different enough with how they treat some of the people mm. that they still talk about money, which I found was interesting. <laughs> I guess people still get paid. Yeah. So I think if it becomes too much of a track clone, I won't like it. Well, yeah. not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. It won't fill as much of a unique space to balance right. out our science. Yeah. Right. Especially now that we have strange new worlds, so we don't. Well, and that's the thing. When Orville started, you know that mm-hmm. it was it was like what, a week or two before Disco started, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. a little bit more. I don't remember, but it was it was kind of filling that void where yeah. there was no Star Trek, yeah. and there exactly. hadn't been Star Trek for a long time. And then when Disco started, there were so many people who were like, "Disco's not really Star Trek. It doesn't yes. feel like Star Trek." But the Orville does. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's interesting that we've now come to a point where we have Orville on on screen with other shows and particularly Strange New Worlds, which mm-hmm. is so saturated in Trekness mm-hmm. that it's like, how do how does one differentiate itself from the other? Right. Yeah. 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 I think it's in the subtleties of how they act. Because one of the yeah. things I noted was um, we have an analogy in the episode. Why am I blanking on the name of the episode? The Enemy. And it's, uh-huh. I think that's the one where Jordy LaForge is trapped on the planet with a yep. Romulan and yeah. they, they beam up a Romulan who's dying and in an incredible convenience that they had to write into their um, the coincidence that they wrote into there. For some reason, the Vulcans on the ship's DNA couldn't repair the Romulan. Somehow Klingon right. DNA was fully right. right. like, what? what? That makes no sense. But long story short, is Picard did not order Worf mm-hmm. to save that Romulan. Now, you could say that was Worf's body, and you can't order somebody to give some of their blood to save somebody. Right. But in this show, it was I her I feel mind. like they should have. Yeah, in that episode, I think there's been a lot of debate on that. And in this episode, Ed straight up ordered Charlie to save that guy, even though her beliefs were, no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Isaac. And I did. I, that was exactly the parallel that I was thinking of, too, mm-hmm. while I was watching the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I did. I mean, I really enjoy that they focus so heavily on the Finn family and Isaac because they're my yes. favorite part of the show. Yes. Oh, really? And that's something that it, it feels like it just they didn't plan from the start because you have that one episode in season one where Isaac and the Finn boys are on the planet and it just works so well. And then they literally leaned into that in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love yeah. that. I mean, I just love having the families anyway because it's very reminiscent of DS9 where you have the Cisco's and you have the Quarks mm-hmm. and you have the O'Brien's. Um, but I just love that family dynamic. I love that they gave the boys so much to do. <laughs> You called it the quarks, even though quark is like not related to the kid. Uh, he's an uncle. Yeah, well, it's quark sort of the the head of the family. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting when he ordered her and she refused, and then she said, "I got fired." Because are they are they military? Truly military, or they're, they're eh. this this union? Because. Seems like they can just be straight out fired more than like court martialed. It seems like. Yeah, it looks like she was just dismissed from service. Right. He basically fired her. Yep. Yeah. 
I think if they I think if they navigate stuff like that and don't become too much of a Star Trek clone, I like it because that's something that Picard would never do. He would never order somebody to save somebody's life in that way because uh, she's not a doctor. She doesn't have a, a Hippocratic oath that she took. And I, I thought that was a very interesting angle. And I find it very interesting that most of the ship hates Isaac and a whole bunch of they might go, you know, one day they might they might gang up on Isaac or something. Um, I thought that was very interesting. So many people truly, but at the same time, I can't blame them because he really did betray them. Yeah. Yeah. And then he keeps babbling about that. He doesn't have emotions. So even if he was like, I'm so sorry. And I wish I, I know now that, you know, like a bad after school special, I know that now, um, but he keeps babbling about, I don't have emotions. So how do you trust? He won't do it again yeah. because it's purely logical. Cause if they say, do you feel bad? And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like what he said to Marcus. Remember, he said, Marcus, I am sorry I caused you distress. May we regain normal social interaction? He's like, what? Right. Yeah, like your mother what? told me to apologize. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I thought the ending with Marcus was, was um, I thought it was spawn on mm. because he hated Isaac and he did that thing. He said, I, I said I wanted him dead, but I don't want him dead. But at the end, you can say, like, I'm not close to forgiving this guy yeah um and there were some emotions that played across his face there was fear there was hesitation there was a, a hint of a smile mm. but i thought that was very realistic because that don't mean all is peaches and cream with isaac now yeah well i'm hoping that next week will be a bit lighter yes. than this week was I I, I, i'm sure yeah i'm sure it will because you have to have you have to have some like relief from this yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah and and you can't expect an audience to carry that much weight with with them into every episode yeah yeah especially like if you if you know the orville and you're kind of sitting down thinking like right. this is gonna be a fun time at the you know right uh-huh. and then it, it gets super heavy on you like oh geez yeah that's true but at the same time you know there was okay now we talked last week in our discussion about space battles how much i love just action and mm-hmm. i mean i love the character moments i really honestly do but show me some ships blowing up and and the other thing that I, that I complain about with modern Trek that I love is ship porn. Mm. This episode gave us so much of both of those things yeah. to the point where even I was like, you know what? We could shave five minutes off of this episode <laughs> right. by not having the camera fly around this stupid ship again. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just a bit much, but I, I, I still loved it. Yeah, I'm, th- I, I'm not a big fan of the ship designs on this show. Okay. You know, not nearly as much as I am with Star Trek. So right. I still want, I still want disco and strange new worlds and stuff to give me more ship porn. We need a middle ground. We don't need exactly. too much. We don't need too little. You know, right. they should compare notes. Also, I did a sit like <laughs> every single ship was exactly like the Orville. Yeah, it's another one of those copy and paste jobs. Yeah, yeah. even their little fighter looks like a little. Yeah, I know. The Orville. Yeah. Yeah. Too. I was like, they look at the mini, mini Orville. It's like if you're in an Orville like carnival ride <laughs> that was what their fighter looks like exactly. yeah. now having said that i do think that the upgrades that they've made to the sets mm-hmm. the interior sets are fantastic yeah and unfortunately do look more trekky than they ever they have were, before right yeah so, but i think they look fantastic it's just Dude. the the actual like the outside of the ship from the front, I like it. It's just the the engine section that it just looks oh, goofy. I, I like the Orville. I like I like the design of it. And I like that you have an idea of the like the, the internal layout. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the windows match the windows on the model and that kind of thing. So, you know, right. you have an idea of where they are on the ship. It just makes it feel kind of more real. Yeah. And I do like that it has staircases. Yeah. But that doesn't seem very like in the future. It seems like it's I know. More, more accessible for people. <laughs> you know, like, why are you going <laughs> well, backwards to staircases? It's not their only means of getting to okay. the next level up, I don't think. Okay. I just, I just like them. <laughs> okay. Just because it's unexpected. Yeah. It's like so low tech. You're like, why yeah. have a staircase when you can have a transporter or a or a shuttle lift or whatever? Yeah, just because. <laughs> I, I did enjoy the the chairs and the table in um in yeah in the funeral scene. No, well in maybe, the mess maybe, hall. No, in what's his face's room. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the captain. Okay. Well, why am I forgetting his name? cabin. What? Mercer. <laughs> Do you no, know what show we're watching, Veronica? You said the name of the captain, and she goes, what? <laughs> I, what's, his, what's the character's first name, though? Ed? Ed. 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 See, I, I I forgot his last name was Mercer. I remembered Ed. Ah. Okay. But I re- I, I, okay, let me rephrase that. I remember when you said Ed earlier, I knew who you were talking about. When you said Mercer, I did not know who you were talking about. Okay. Not that I remembered either That's of fine. them. It's been three years. We're all kind of shaking the dice. <laughs> exactly. This is a lot of that. catching up to do. And right? it's yeah. me. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, yeah. there is that. I think, it's, I think it's a good show. I really like it. I think that a little Star Trek touch doesn't hurt, but I don't want it to become a Star Trek clone because mm-hmm. it's nice to have different types of shows. And I grew up in a time where it was, I had Star Trek, but I had lost in space and I had Land of the Giants and I had Time Right. And the Invaders and um, Space 1999 and UFO. And everyone gave you a different time. And Voice of the Sea. Oh everything gave you. Yeah. <laughs> I we get it. You saw a lot of shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they played all those on the sci-fi channel when I was a kid. Exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Those were the days. Yep. Yeah. And it all gave you a different. You, got, you had different types of sci-fi. So I don't want the Orbital to be a, a track clone. Because as you guys are saying, I want it to have its own kind of humor and balance and different yeah. aliens and adventures. And then it'll be a great uh, addition to a science fiction universe, but not mm-hmm. another track. I think yeah. I'll yeah. Yeah, right. I get you. All right. Well, Alan, where can people find more of you? I've got a podcast on the ESO network called Modern Musicology. And we have a couple of special guests coming up in our next few episodes. Uh, our next episode is about girl groups. And we have somebody who was actually in a girl group. Wow. What? Oh, it's going nice. to be. I know it's going to be fun. Um, and then I also have my publishing company, Cosmic Press, K-O-Z-M-I-C Press. And you can find that at dot com and at Facebook and at Twitter. And at Instagram, but I don't ever post anything there. So, <laughs> how about you, Keith? You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And one of these days, maybe another um, um, podcast. I'm thinking about starting a podcast, but that's <gasps> in the future. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking about that. So stay tuned. Oh, okay. you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <The> scoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how about us, Veronica? Feltnerdy.com or Monkeying Around, the podcast about the monkeys. <laughs> and do you have a closing for us this week? I do. Hijinks are illogical. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. 
Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.